Welcome to Threeper Fighter Radio. I am your host, The Nobody, and I am here to inform you of various truths that you may or may not know. Today is going to be a little bit different. It is episode three, and I am going to play a clip. Uh, it is an interview with Ted Gunderson, who is the head of the FBI in at least three different states, and he has some amazing knowledge, and he exposes some pretty horrible truths uh, they're good for us to know, and it's it's going to wake the people up. So when you listen to this, be prepared, clear your mind, and take in everything that this man says. But before I get started, folks, I just wanted to say we need to try harder. We need to start to unite. If we want to have any chance of defeating the enemy, we need to stand together. We cannot be complacent any longer it is we the people we control the government not the other way around the government does not control us it never was supposed to be that way we pay their checks we keep them in the positions that they have and it is our duty as god-fearing citizens to remove the tyranny from the government we need to be pros. We need to pray, read, and obey the word of God daily if we want to see progress. It says in Jeremiah that if we only, I'm paraphrasing this, that if we only pray and seek God's face, he will heal our land. People, we cannot be complacent anymore. We have to stand up. We have to do something for our children, our children's children, our wives, our mothers, our fathers. We have to, we as men especially, I'm talking more so to the men because the men are supposed to be the warriors and today I am not seeing very many men out there. There's a lot of trash talking on different social media platforms, how everyone is so fed up with the government, but that's all it is. It's just talking. No one is backing it up. No one is organizing. No one is going out and trying to make a difference. Very few people are. There are some out there, yes, that, that are protesting and things like this. But we as Christian men are the leaders of our household. We are the spiritual leaders and we are the protectors of our families. And if the men so-called men are standing doing nothing but talking then how can we expect the women to follow how can we expect them to have any trust in us if we're not being those god-fearing warriors that christ has appointed on this earth and at this specific time in history, is it, it is an amazing time to be alive. Every believer has a calling, but unfortunately, most believers miss that calling. They miss the calling because of fear, or it could be lack of relationship, so they're not getting a clear answer from God. But I think most of the time that we as believers miss our calling is because when God is pushing us in that direction. We fight it so much because we're afraid. We're afraid of losing our lives. We're afraid of going to prison. We are afraid of what people think. Okay, Jesus 
set a perfect example of how we are supposed to be and to act. Jesus is a warrior. His disciples were warriors. King David is a warrior. Samson was a warrior. He killed a thousand men with a donkey jawbone. That is because he truly believed in the power of Jesus Christ. He believed that through Christ, he could do all things. Just as scripture tells us, we, the people, as believers, can do all things. Okay, not some things, but we can do all things. We need to do something. We need to rise up and be better than we are now. And we do need to use the discernment and wisdom that God has given us. Because, for instance, January 6th was a total setup. It was a setup to entrap American patriots and those who opposed the government. They set it up perfectly. So now they know everyone who is opposed to their agenda. That is the whole point. That was the whole point of January 6th. All the feds were involved inciting the riots and, and calling people to enter the Capitol. And it was just a big mess. And if people would have used discernment that day and slowed down and not let their emotions take hold of them, a lot of people could have avoided going to prison. A lot of people could have avoided now being on their list, being targets now. But this is what happens when, when, we, when we don't trust in God and we trust in our own emotions and we get ahead of ourselves. This is exactly why I do not participate in any of those events, any of those um, functions or whatever you want to call it. I do not I do not participate because I know exactly what their plan is and the enemy is everywhere. We have to be much more discreet and we have to really think about the plan. We can't just run in guns blazing and expect a good turnout. We need to wait for God's timing. But at the same time, we do need to have a strategy. And if you study war, the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. And if you know the enemy and you know yourself, you do not need to fear a hundred battles. And as Sun Tzu says, let your plans be dark and impenetrable as night. And when you move, fall like a thunderbolt. I hope that I can motivate anybody who is listening, but now um, I did go off on a little bit of rabbit trail. I am sorry, but I am now going to play the interview with FBI, ex-FBI um, director or head of FBI, Ted Gunderson. So get ready for this. It's about an hour long, a little less than an hour, but I feel like you guys will love it. Here we go. The strong, stiff stench of fascism fills the air. It offends my senses. The new world odor has a certain smell about it. The smell of death. Today we're going to be talking about the American Holocaust, the second in the Clinton administration, with a man who has had 27 and a half years of experience in the FBI, a man that has been head of the Bureau in Los Angeles, in Dallas, in Memphis, 
a man that F. Lee Bailey says is one of the most, if not the most, spectacular investigator in the United States of America, Ted Gunderson. Ted, let's take a look at what has occurred in the Oklahoma atrocity. This is the second American Holocaust that's been committed under the Clinton administration. Is this something that occurred uh, as a result of talk show hosts like myself uh, inspiring uh, some crazies to get out there and take out a federal building? Or is this not, in fact, something that was set up for the purpose of frightening the population of this, of this nation into surrendering our rights for a new world order? I have to say... In all honesty, in all sincerity, there's no question in my mind, and this is my opinion, that an incident was occurred or was established or happened that was planned, and the purpose of that was to enrage the American public and two, to make sure and force Congress to pass anti-terrorism legislation, which we do not need, but which at the same time would imperil our civil liberties and further erode our civil rights and help destroy what we believe in our Constitution. Let's go back in time to Nazi Germany, the year 1933. The Reichstag was burnt. Hitler blamed it on the opposition. And then afterwards he called for a surrender of the rights held by the people to the president. I think it was Rudolf Hess who said, Ein Volk, Ein Reich, Ein Führer. One world, one race, one ruler. Is this not, in fact, the same scenario that we are looking at today in 1995? It certainly appears to be, uh, and uh, certainly uh, I feel that this has all been set up and I think they built up to it. Like, uh, for example, I recall uh, Donahue had a, a show with the militants on there, and they wore their uniforms, and he kind of ridiculed them. This was back in January. And there have been other incidents in the media and the talk TV, mainly TV talk shows, where there was an attempt and has been effectively discredited the militia. So... There's no question that what's happened here is after the fact, after the bombing, the attack by the president and by the government was directed at the militia who did not have and could not under any circumstances had access to such a sophisticated bomb, which we will discuss in a few minutes. And also the attack was at the talk show hosts, radio talk show hosts. Well, in other words, the attack was at, at any and all opposition to the president and those politicals who would surrender our sovereignty to a new world order and establish a global government upon the ashes of American sovereignty. No question about it. The talk show hosts are the ones who are getting the news, the facts, the truth to the American people. It's not the mainstream media, the three major networks or the other networks either. The talk shows are the ones that are saying, hey, this is going on in America. You people better listen because if you don't, you're in big trouble. Actually, we're in big trouble already. And I feel the last election where we had a number of incumbents who were voted out of office, 
I think the talk show hosts had more to do with that than any other uh, single segment in our society. Well, a friend of mine, Larry Nichols, has come out with the Clinton Chronicles, uh, exposing the President of the United States uh, for all of the treachery, and I say treason, that he has committed. I would like to see the President of the United States serve out the rest of his term in the big house, not the White House. The Watergate incident was nothing compared to this. This is an attack upon uh, the citizenry of, of America, but not just those who were in the building. Uh, the war has been declared upon the people of the United States of America. There's no question about it. Uh, this is uh, probably the crime of the century, the crime of the last 200 years for our country, certainly. And uh, it's very obvious to me, uh, based on my investigation of the work that I've done, uh, that McVeigh and John Doe, too, were only a part of this uh, plot. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I wait, have... Wait, that's Lee Harvey McVeigh? Yes. Well, that's... Well, I'm I mean, sorry, you're talking about the Kennedy yes, assassination? I mean, but, but isn't it... Uh, I'm talking about the bombing. I know, but isn't the... Well, I see what it, you're it's saying, the, yes. same, the same scenario. I mean, we're talking about... Lee Harvey McVeigh, uh, I've the got The tall it. guy. I mean, right, the guy right. that's supposed to get caught. Right, right, right. Now, now you've had the experience uh, in talking to individuals who have been deprogrammed from Project Monarch. This is a sleeper agent program where they've developed Manchurian, they, I'm talking about the CIA, has developed Manchurian-type candidates. Do you see uh, the players in this as being part of that program? I see this as a strong possibility. Now, uh, Lee Harvey McVeigh, mm -hmm. as you call him, yes. okay, uh, has said that he has an implant in his buttocks. He's also made the statement that he's a political prisoner. Um, he was arrested by the Oklahoma Highway Patrol 90 minutes after the bombing. And he was incarcerated, of course, for some, I think, two or three days. And during that period, uh, the FBI put out an uh, artist conception of John Doe 1 and John Doe 2, John Doe 1 being uh, Lee Harvey McVeigh. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but before that, they put out, the government put out the word to be alert for two Middle Eastern-like looking individuals in a blue pickup truck. I theorize, and this is strictly a theory, that um, the disinformation on the Middle Easterners was put out. McVeigh was supposed to have made a rendezvous afterwards. The, the beautiful highway patrolman from Oklahoma interrupted the plan threw a monkey wrench in the machinery, arrested him. Then they had to come up with a plan. Well, okay, now we've got this fellow in jail. What do we do now? Then they came up with the artist conceptions. And then they say, oh, after all, he was in jail now. Aren't we fortunate that the Highway Patrol recognized him? You see what I'm saying? Yes. Now, if, if McVeigh was involved, and if he was smart enough to put, for, put together a bomb, it would take out half of that building. Uh and he was some sort of mad uh, solo bomber or even working with a, a group of other people, he would certainly have been smart enough to drive a car that had a license plate on it. And if he was stopped by the police, and after having done such a heinous crime, and he had a gun there, when the cop came up, he would have simply blown him away and driven off uh, down the road. That makes sense. But what the government is trying to tell us, what the media is trying to tell us, makes no sense. It is nonsense. It is absolute absurdity in my mind. Well, uh, as uh, you recall from uh, watching the news, there was supposed to have been, uh, I think, a light tan pickup truck that stopped in front of McVeigh when he was yeah. arrested by the Highway Patrol. 
There was supposed to have been a helicopter in the area at the time. Uh, and uh, they uh, they went on, and the officials are supposedly looking for the light tan pickup truck now. In fact, they've uh, I think they've got some may have some pictures of it, or, uh, or they have a video camera on the on the highway patrol car, and they're trying to uh, identify the license plate on it. I don't know if they've done anything about that or not. But the bottom line in this whole case is you can't believe anything that the government has put out because I have I feel adequate documentation that it was a barometric bomb and not a fertilizer bomb, and we'll go into more detail on that later. Would you explain this? Because uh, in our first conversation, you were talking about a double explosion. Uh, the media hasn't talked about it. Time magazine hasn't talked about it. Newsweek, the Washington Post, the L.A. Times, the New York Times, CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, they've mentioned not a single solitary word. Nothing. Nothing. And yet... You have evidence that would support that. Do you want to tell us about it? Well, of course. Uh, what happened was uh, I received a fax, a routine matter to me, that uh, from the University of Oklahoma Department of Geology. And this fax showed that there were two ground disturbances. At uh, One was at 9.02 a.m. and 13 seconds on the 19th of April. The second one was 9.02 a.m. and 23 seconds, 10 seconds apart. Um, I looked at that, and I, uh, I thought to myself, uh, and also I received information, of course, uh, as to what that meant. Mm -hmm. And to make sure, I called the University of Oklahoma, Dr. Ken Luza, and I asked the doctor himself, I said, now, I'm looking at this uh, seismogram, would you interpret this for me? And he said, well, those two ground disturbances were uh, ground waves, mm -hmm. and there were two incidents that occurred in Oklahoma City on that time, at that time on that date. And I said, what does that mean to you? Would you tell me what that means? He says, that's an indication that there were two detonations, not one. And you talked to who? At Dr. The, Ken Luza. Dr. Uh, you, Ken Luza at the University of Oklahoma. Department of Geology. Department of Geology. So having two separate explosions, does this indicate that it is the signature not of ammonium nitrate bomb, but of another device? Absolutely. Um, with the, that information, I made some phone calls around to my various sources and contacts. And, in fact, the first phone call I made was to the person who I thought would know more about this situation than anybody as far as the bomb is concerned, uh, a scientist who I have known for years, as a matter of fact. And I asked him, I said, let me describe the seismogram to you, what happened. As soon as I told him about that and the 10-second delay, he said, quote, that's my bomb, end quote. Meaning, that's his bomb. Meaning he developed it. He developed the bomb. Yes. Uh -huh. So a man that claims credit for developing the bomb says it's his bomb, and if it's his bomb, then it would uh, he would, certainly didn't sell this uh, bomb to individuals off the street or McVeigh's or the militia or somebody like that. He had to sell it to whom? Well, I can say this. I, I, I can't get into details on that, but I can tell you this, that the government had access to this bomb. Bomb. He told me that the government had access to this bomb. Well, who else would use it but the government, right? Of course. So of then, course. in other words, it's, you're, what you're saying or implying is that this is a government bomb. Well, he told me that it's so complicated that you need a circuit board to detonate it. It's like setting off a nuclear explosion. It's not a fertilizer bomb, a 4,800-pound fertilizer bomb. And I think it's rather amusing, not amusing because of the tragedy involved here, but I, I think we have to go back and look at what the government put out. First of all, they said... 
uh, a car bomb with a thousand a thousand uh, pounds of uh, uh, fertilizer. Well, wait a minute. Let me stop you right okay. there for one second. You said a, it was a car bomb with a thousand pounds of fertilizer. Fertilizer uh, bomb, yeah. Yes, a fertilizer bomb. But I mean, they said that uh, a couple hours after the, the almost the, immediately. Almost immediately. Mm-hmm. But but if if they said that almost immediately within ninety minutes, uh, that would be almost immediately, wouldn't it? Uh, within 90 minutes, they had ID'd the individual uh, Lee Harvey McVeigh, right? They had ID'd him from the axle, the rear axle or the differential of the car that this uh, that that uh, that blew up and sent this thing off um, the two blocks, right? Something like that. I yes. mean, that's what they said. Sure. It was, they said it was a car. That's what they said at first. But. If it really didn't come from the car, then they couldn't have ID- placed it to the car and couldn't have attached him to it. So that's a lie. Well, they said first they said it was a car, then a pickup truck, a panel truck, and a, a 24-foot uh, rider rental truck. But the weight of the bomb uh, began at 1,000, then I think it was 1,100, then it was uh, 2,000, 2,500, and now it's up to 4,800 pounds. Now let's review that for the audience now. Uh, the government first said that it was a car bomb and it had a thousand pounds, and it was eleven hundred pounds. Then they said it was a pickup truck with uh, fifteen hundred uh, pounds or two thousand pounds. Then twenty five hundred. Then they said it was a panel truck. Then they said it was uh, uh, this fertilizer bomb was uh, what uh, a rider truck. I mean, uh, this wasn't a fertilizer bomb. The government's case, well, it's BS. This is a BS bomb, and it's it's a political bomb. And it's been dropped upon the population, not only of this country, but of the planet, because these people are going for global government. In my opinion, I see this as uh, uh, being engineered by the CIA, the ISA, or somebody like that. Certainly not a bunch of of people who are making little uh, bottle bombs in their backyard and having fun like uh, kids on the 4th of July. Well, if they were going to set this up, and they did a nice job setting it up, you're going to take somebody like McVeigh and John Doe, too. Uh, you're going to have them setting off small explosives in a yard, make sure the neighbors know about it. Mm-hmm. You're going to have them attend a militant meeting, because after all, that's the, one of the targets. Oh, they set him up like that. The they set him up this way, right. They set him up this way. Prepare the credentials. Right. right. To, to prepare the credentials, to give them the background, the basis for everybody to go after the militants, and to say that McVeigh was a militant, and John Doe, too, obviously militant. Now, they, they say, they first came out, they said, John Doe 2 and uh, John Doe 1 were AWOL soldiers. Uh, now, if they were AWOL soldiers and Jim McVeigh has now been identified, that means that they must know the identity of John Doe 2. Now, uh, they said this right almost from the beginning. Now, bear in mind that if they know the, that these people were AWOL soldiers, you know that they know the identity of John Doe 2. Well, if they knew the identity of John Doe 2, why? didn't they publicize it why didn't they let the world know so that the people in the united states could trace down john doe two unless of course john doe two was an agent that they have terminated well uh, they apparently don't want the people to know who john doe two is now if i was trying to locate somebody i put out an all points bulletin to all law enforcement throughout the country i give his picture to the news media and i print it now you were in the fbi again for 27 and a half years you were head of the fbi in los angeles um I was taking a look at a, at a soldier of fortune. This is uh, not exactly the best. This came from a Xerox, but this is the June issue. 
And I see an individual here, and they say Robert Rodriguez, undercover ATF agent who tried to get the bosses to call off the ill-conceived raid. They're talking about Waco. Uh, was made the scapegoat. He's now the first agent to ever sue the BATF. And then they have another fellow right in front of him that looks strangely like uh, Lee Harvey McVeigh. Uh, is it possible that we're really talking about sleeper agents here? I mean, sleeper agents, the people that have been programmed, uh, we know that the government has lied to us before. Uh, we know that the President of the United States lied to us when he said that he was unaware that the Japanese were coming across the entire Pacific uh, to bomb Pearl Harbor because the, the, the Purple Code was broken. He knew about that. The U.S. Congress would not, you know, uh, get into war with Germany. He had to create an incident. So he took the entire U.S. fleet at Pearl Harbor, moved them out, I mean, at San Diego, to move them out to Pearl Harbor. Um, he had all of the ships tied together. He could, he could have picked up the phone and talked to uh, Admiral Kimmel or General Short and let them know that uh, General uh, Admiral Yamamoto was coming across the Pacific. He did not do that. This was deliberate. It was by design and done with malice aforethought and resulted in the mass murder of 50 million human beings and created, this whole thing created World War II. Yesterday... December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. Now, the President of the United States knew about that. There's many books on it. But would the president now, in order to continue this program, do such a thing so that he would retain his, his position as president of the United States to cover up uh, the whitewater hearings, to ensure that he would uh, be the individual in charge to bring us into a new world order? Well... It certainly looks like we're heading in that direction. I mean, I think there's no question in my mind. There's an evil element in our society, in our system also, including the government, uh, that want this power and, and that want to take over our government. Uh, everything points in that direction. You look at the BCCI, you look at Iran-Contra, uh, look at uh, the uh, House Rule 666, which, which was recently passed by the House, which will allow law enforcement officers to come in and search your house without a search warrant. Look at the omnibus crime bill, which allows the federal government to do um, uh, indiscriminate wiretapping of whole neighborhoods at a time. Well, you were in, in the FBI. This would have been outrageous to you, I mean, to, to, to even consider this uh, when uh, J. Edgar Hoover was in charge. Well, as a matter of fact, there was a, a meeting between Nixon and the, some of the top government people when President Nixon was president. And the CIA was there, J. Edgar Hoover was there, 
and they wanted to do this very thing, and everyone agreed except J. Edgar Hoover. He says, no, it would be a violation of people's civil rights. And he was the one person that stopped that from happening during Nixon's administration. Now, there has been legislation introduced immediately after this to uh, give the president uh, the power to decide who, and that could be you, uh, is who is a terrorist or who has uh, who is a threat to the uh, government of the United States? The Second Amendment of the Constitution was laid out so we would have a militia to keep the government in check. If ever the government got out of control, the militia would come in to squelch their authoritarian control because this is supposed to be a nation uh, that is controlled by the people uh, rather than a people controlled by the government. So I say, ask what your government can do for you, not what you can do for your government, because your government should be your servant, and we the people, we the people must be the masters. When uh, Kennedy said, uh, made that statement about, ask not what your country can do for you, but rather what you can do for your country, that wasn't an original statement. It was not an original statement by Kennedy. Oh, uh, who said that? Adolf Hitler. And this is what we face today. I think if you if you liked if you liked Hitler, you're going to love Clinton. If 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 he gets away with this, uh, I mean, all hell is going to break loose. I mean, we will literally have a living hell. Well, they're building 80 new prisons around the country right now. Uh, there was an article in the Oklahoma news, uh, newspaper, Oklahoma City newspaper, last June, asking for applicants to apply for. A, a new prison being built near the Oklahoma City Airport. This was a, was is going to be a transfer point, and it will house 1,400 prisoners for a maximum of 10 days. And uh, figure that out. Uh, projected that would be over 55,000 people a year just coming and going. Plus, they're building 80 more new prisons. Now, who are they going to put in these prisons? This is a lot of prisons. Well, I mean, you know, you take a look at the black population. They passed that three strikes law. Uh, you go down into South Central Los Angeles, and we have uh, 70% of young black men, 18 to 25, that are either in jail, just getting out of jail, ready to go in jail, uh, selling drugs, doing drugs, or they're unemployed. 70%. I mean, this is massive. And then these political pimps and prostitutes along the Potomac Decide they're going to sell uh, uh, sell NAFTA to us, which is the shafta. NAFTA is the shafta, and ship our jobs, export our jobs south of the border, and import slave labor product from communist China, and they get most favored nation status. I mean, this is insanity. What it causes is an exacerbation of the problem, an escalation of the problem, and we have a crisis creation. It, it's got to be by design. It's got to be by design. Do you feel that the uh, those who control this government have been involved in the importation of, uh, say, heroin and cocaine and drugs? This goes back to the 60s. Uh, during the Vietnam War, it's a known fact that uh, drugs were being flown in from Southeast Asia in uh, military airplanes. They were placing drugs in the plastic bags in the body cavities of the dead GIs and flying them into bases all over the United States. This is documented in a Time Magazine article, January 1, 1973. Uh, there's no question about it. I've talked to servicemen who are aware of this, Air America. 
Now, uh, there was a movie that came out about Air America being involved in drugs, Air America being a CIA operation. So they've dropped that name. They're, now they're shipping them in from uh, a new airline out of Florida, but it's still a CIA front. Yeah. Um, I've got the book, The Politics of Heroin in Southeast Asia. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel James Bogreitz came back uh, after talking to uh, uh, General Kun Saw in the, in the Golden Triangle and he had asked him, who is the major buyer of this stuff? I mean, and uh, he said, why, your government. He said, well, what do you mean? Your government, our government, buying heroin? I mean, uh, or the CIA buying heroin? I mean, did it, uh, he couldn't believe it. And eventually he went back and he and uh, Kun Sa opened up the files for him and said, yes. They said, Richard Armitage, Assistant Secretary of Defense, appointed by Ronald Reagan, a good friend, close friend, of, and confidant of George Bush, who is, he claimed, to be the number one importer of heroin into the United States for the Central Intelligence Agency. So by spreading this poison, this disease, in the major urban areas, especially in the black and in the uh, Latino communities, they create uh, this massive problem, massive problem, because it's not black guys and... Uh, Chicanos who are going down to uh, uh, Colombia or going out to S Southeast Asia and importing this, they bring it in to create the problem and then offer the solution. The solution is always worse than the problem that they've created. It's ordo ab chao. Control. Out of crisis. You, uh, now, in this particular scenario, the one that we're, we're, we're taking a look at right now, we see the major media ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, CNN, the New York Times, the LA Times, all coming out with this, this poison. And I, I'm going uh, to the magazines, and uh, I just take a look at the, the recent Time magazine. Here they have the right hand of God. Meet Ralph Reed, 33. His Christian coalition is on the crusade to take over U.S. politics, and it's working. Now, you notice in this particular picture... Uh, it's in black and white, and the way they have the uh, this photograph, one would take if you take a very close look. You just put a little thumb over here, and it looks like the son of Adolf Hitler with the mustache, little mustache underneath. And this picture is either a phony in my mind, or it was taken on a planet that had a dual solar system because. Uh, you see the shadows from up above here and uh, going below his hairline and making it look like that swoop of hair that Hitler had. And then you see underneath his eyes, it's light. So there was a light in front of him that, that, that lit his eyes. That would have eliminated the shadow underneath his nose. And, and you're taking a look at it. And I know you're smiling, right? And I know that all of you are taking a look at it. Why would they do this in black and white if not, in fact, all of the pictures, or most all of the pictures of Adolf Hitler is in black and white? And if you go into the, uh, the, the text, they churn and twist the truth so it makes it look like he is involved in some sort of militant neo-Nazi activity. What do you think about this picture, Ted? Obviously. 
There's no question about it. I mean, this is a, a phony. It's not a real picture. Like you said, it was. it's in black and white. It's not in color. And it's very obvious that the lights have been um, changed and angled in such a manner so that he does look like Adolf Hitler. I'm surprised they didn't just put a mustache on him just for kicks. Uh, it's deliberate and by design. Now, the, uh, Time magazine is was created by Luce, a member of the Skull and Bones. It's the Brotherhood of Death, that Faustian financial fraternity over at uh, Yale University where the fellows lay nude in the coffin. They're born again into a satanic order. Do you see any Satanism? I'm not talking about I'm talking about raw, unadulterated Satanism in government or any uh, individuals who would practice this Luciferian theology in positions of power today. I've talked to uh, many people in the last 15 years, adult survivors, meaning somebody who's born into satanic movement and uh, their grandfather grandmother mother and father were in it or trying to get out i've talked to uh, ritual abuse survivors usually that involves the uh, people involved in the practice of satanism i've talked to hundreds of these people across the nation uh and there's no question but uh that the satanic movement which has been with us for thousand two thousand years and was really uh, well organized i'd say back in 1776 when the illuminati uh, was really founded and became active. Uh, there's no question that they've been working at this for years. And uh, I had uh, one uh, woman tell me, whose father was in the military, that the U.S. Army is Satan's army. And uh, I have information, documentation, that these people, this element in our society, has infiltrated virtually every level. Doctors, lawyers, politicians, oh, by all means politicians, I can tell you a little bit about that, too, go into more detail. Uh, the government, uh, law enforcement, judges, right up and down the line. I, I know of counties where I've been told that they totally control the whole system in these counties. Usually they're in small rural counties, by the way, because it's difficult, say, to control a county well, the size of the state. Is it the Franklin Papers? The, uh, the, the Franklin Cover-Up. The Franklin Cover-Up. Now, this is, uh, took place in Nebraska, was it? Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, you were involved in the expose of, uh, of much of these. Uh, yeah. Uh, 27 years ago, 28 years ago, I produced the Illuminati CFR records here. And this talked about an organization of evil, uh, an oligarchy of evil, uh, operating from 58 East 68th Street in New York City called the Council on Foreign Relations. We claimed, uh, Myron Fagan and myself, who did the narration, that this organization uh, does, in fact, control American politics and is set out to demolish this constitutional republic and establish a new world order upon the ashes of American sovereignty. They uh, created World War II, or put the, uh, everything in, in gear to create World War II so that at the close they could introduce the United Nations and, of course, Alger Hiss, First Secretary General of the United Nations Organizational Conference in 1945 uh, put together the charter. He was from the Council on Foreign Relations. Nixon, who uh, supposedly exposed him, and he was not the, the first uh, individual to do so, but he took credit for that, uh, was escalated to a, a position of power and then eventually Vice President and President of the United States. I see this whole Hegelian uh, thing in, in, in process, the Democrats and the Republicans, sort of like the sharks and dragons in, in New York, uh, but the guy who's uh, in, in the uh, 
in the driver's seat is manipulating them just like they have uh, uh, puppets on a string. It's a political play. It's a play. And the CIA is simply the enforcement arm of the CFR. Now, you have some more information that uh, just came to you on uh, the the, uh, um, the wire th- just this afternoon before you, you came into the studio. Yes, uh, I received a fax this afternoon on the bombing. And I do not know if this is uh, accurate or if it's been documented, but I will review it with you. And this was on uh, a talk show. Uh, uh, the host was Mark Boswell, and uh, it's 12 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time on April the 29th. So this was several days ago. Uh, shortwave Channel 12.160 uh, Satellite Galaxy 6. And on the show, Boswell interviewed a t- uh, 28-year CIA veteran named James Black and his assistant names Ron Jackson regarding sworn affidavits now in their possession, supposedly sworn by two Justice Department officials, which state that they were part of a committee of ten who planned the Oklahoma bombings. The officials have retained these two CIA, ex-CIA officials, not ex, but they're CIA veterans, have retained a prominent East Coast attorney, and they and their families are now in hiding. This is what the uh, talk show host said. Their affidavits have reportedly been delivered to a prominent government official who will be asked to launch a proper investigation. Now, uh, that's interesting. That show was April 29th, and here we are well into May, and we haven't heard anything about it. The L.A. Times doesn't uh, say anything about it. In fact, when the L.A. Times uh, made reference to you, they just said you were an FBI agent. They didn't say you were the man in charge of the FBI here in uh, the city of Los Angeles. They didn't say you were the man in charge of the FBI in Dallas or uh, in Memphis. They didn't say you were assistant uh, director in uh, Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, They forgot to mention those things. They also forgot to mention your quote. They also forgot to mention the material that that you had. What I don't want this story to come out. Well, they don't want you to hear what you are now seeing. Now, there's two detonations. We can go beyond the First yeah. of all, talking about the L.A. Times, in that article that they had about me, it's just yesterday, as a matter of fact, they said that I was a self-professed uh, expert on Satanism. Well, I've never said that. Uh, and I, as a matter of fact, I composed a letter immediately to the editor, and, with a, and I also sent a separate letter to the publisher, and I'm challenging them, and I'm going to make them, one way or another, put in all the facts and the truth about my lecture that I gave in Palm Springs last Sunday. They did not cover it at all. I mean, they basically did everything they could to make me look like I didn't know what I was talking about, did not furnish all the details. It was yellow journalism at its best. Well, you had, at one time, 700, Ted Gunderson had 700 men working under him in the FBI. 700 with a budget of $22 million. I mean, you know what you're talking about. And, uh... I was looking at your bio and just uh, just going through that. It's uh, uh, fantastic. And by the way, the exact quote from F. Lee Bailey is, uh, Gunderson is a person whose investigative skills are unsurpassed by anyone. That means anyone I know or have known. According to F. Lee Bailey, you are number one. 
Well, it cost me a lot of money to get him to say that. Yeah. I might, I, might. <laughs> I, I take a look at, uh, at uh, the anti-terrorism le leftislation, and that's exactly what it is. Uh, after the Reichstag burning, uh, Hitler said we must transfer this power from the people to the president, to the Fuhrer. And uh, Clinton was talking about transferring this power to the president so the president would make a determination as to what group was politically correct and what group was not. And, of course, he would have the police powers and any two people uh, conspiring to have a militia to protect themselves from the power of a Hitlerian government could be arrested and put in jail for a minimum uh, of 10 years. Well, it's insanity. There's a recent bill that's been introduced by uh, Senator Biden that will allow the government to take sovereign um, uh, citizens, put them in jail without a hearing, in secret closed sessions, and if no country will accept them, they'll be in there for the rest of their lives. Yeah. It says here, this would allow the Justice Department, headed by Janet Reno. Uh, she reminds me of uh, Herman... Uh, um, Herman Goering in, dry, in drag, you know, it's just uh, an incredible personality, uh, Janet Reno, uh, to investigate crimes based on the political beliefs, political beliefs and associations of suspects. That would put all opposition to the president in jail, just like what occurred in Nazi Germany. And yet the American people are not aware of this, by, by, uh, by and large. And it's unfortunate because where are they receiving the information about what's going on in this country? They're receiving it from the mainstream media. I, I was started to get into the mainstream media and says, look, um, why I am not to blame. <laughs> the plot, cracking the Oklahoma conspiracy, and they go to uh, the plot the okay, uh, the Tim McVeigh or uh, Lee Harvey uh, McVeigh here, into uh, they talk about uh, this manhunt takes the investigators inside the mind. They've convicted the man already. There's no trial, but he's convicted uh, inside the mind of this man and into the paranoid world that shaped him. Uh, then they go on to uh, uh, go into uh, these other individuals the uh, Michigan connection, because the militia there is, a, is opposed to the crimes of the president, then to the journey throughout uh, the United States, and then into, uh, again, the uh, crime scene, and then the fellow holding the dog. I mean, they, they really know how to milk this. I think it's a... I think about it all the time for the rescue workers, too, the awful memories, and you go through the whole thing. And then they get into friendly fire. A couple of uh, uh, guys wanting to get their picture in the paper uh, consented to hold up uh, some sort of uh, semi-automatic uh, rifle and an American flag. Uh, thanks, guys, for that. Uh, then uh, covered on the right flank, and then blame the bombers only. The President of the United States is blaming those who oppose the President of the United States for inciting some sort of bombing of uh, the federal building. And this is all supposed to have taken place because 
these people are in opposition to the government. This is absolute insanity. And I, you know, and I keep going over the, the pieces. Then they say, uh, Time again, Time magazine. This is the Skull and Bones publication. Time, how dangerous are they? Oh, boy. And then we, then we get into uh, the picture of the little child with the cheery eyes. This is like one of those old keen pictures. A moment of silence. And if that doesn't, you know, get uh, all of the, the mothers of America, nothing will. Then they go on from there to more children and the people crying at the funeral. They are milking this. And Clinton, the president of the United States, is milking this as if he were to tit on a cow. And this is a massive media event. Then he goes into the ac uh, accusing uh, stance here with the, the pen and then to uh, blasting G. Gordon Liddy, who, who simply said, you know, if the guys are coming in to kill you, and they're coming in with a black mask and uh, hobnail boots and uh, fully automatic uh, weapons. Don't let them do that. In other words, if the Gestapo is in to get you, uh, fire back. Then they get into an article, A Political Interest, by Michael Kramer, Why Guns Share the Blame. And then he talked about the, his uh, group of psychologists uh, that he interviewed here, said that the, those individuals who were throwing sponges at a, at a clown, right, were more inclined to throw more sponges at the face of the clown with a gun in sight so that guns really, just the mere sight of a gun, uh, aggravates the event so that guns somehow are guilty for, or the possession of guns or the, the Second Amendment is responsible for the bombing at Oklahoma City. I mean, this is absolute insanity and then they go into uh, enemies of the state. So these people are really enemies of the country rather than friends of the country. And patriots awake, I love my country, but I fear my government. In fact, Ted, I think um, it was stated, I think, by Jefferson. He said uh, that we have liberty when the government fears the people and tyranny when the people fear the government. And I, I keep going on in these stories, and uh, they get into uh, the militia and the, the, the great threat, uh, the, uh, the power of all of these people. They get into Gordon Call, uh, uh, Waco. Uh, they are demonizing the patriots. They are demonizing. Here uh, is another picture of this. Uh, this guy is sort of a clown here, Norman uh, Olson, commander. He allowed them, Time Magazine, to take a picture of him with all of these bayonets coming up so that they can demonize him. I mean, this is... Yeah, Joseph, Joseph Goebbels would have been proud. Joseph Goebbels, I, this is Adolf Hitler's propaganda, would have been proud of this type of political propaganda. If you subscribe to Time, drop it. In fact, uh, Life magazine says, um, we don't take sides, we just take pictures, which is nonsense. And uh, again, uh, U.S. News, they're armed. Are they dangerous? The radical groups that hate the U.S. government and what they fear. And then it gets into the heartbreak, and they go into uh, G. Gordon Liddy and the president again, and the manhunt and the, the twisting of all of this. And then guess what they do? They go to the babies, and then right on to the next event, they uh, go to 
white power, an epidemic of fear and loathing, and they go from, of course, from the white power uh, to the Klan and then over to the Patriots again. This is pure, unmitigated propaganda. If you believe that the CIA, the ISA, and Clinton and company had nothing to do with the Oklahoma massacre, then you probably believe that Lee Harvey Oswald was the sole and exclusive killer of John F. Kennedy. Ted, I, I've never seen anything like this in my life. It is obviously an attempt uh, to uh, convince the American people that they must surrender their sovereignty to a new world order. Now, you've got some documentation here which you need to get to the public. And if for the next, you know, 10 minutes you can just okay. bring this out. Well, let's, let's not leave the news media yet. Yes. Uh, as I said, I think I said earlier, I mean, they were aware in the almost the beginning that there were two detonations, yet they still haven't printed it. And the FBI uh, not only has ignored it, they've said it's not true, it's a lie. Let's talk a little bit about the bomb itself. <clears throat> so you're saying that the the agency that once was telling the truth is now telling lies. No, there's a difference of night and day between the old uh, FBI and the, and the FBI today. I mean, uh, they're putting out this as a fertilizer bomb. It was not a fertilizer bomb. It was a, a two-detonation barometric bomb. And in fact, the, the, the technical name for the bomb, it's an electro-hydrodynamic gaseous fuel device. <laughs> and the way it works is the first, um, is the first bomb is detonated and it's detonated uh, through uh, PDTN. By the way, that was found on McVeigh's shirt, mm -hmm. PDTN. It, and PDTN is a, a, a device, it's uh, described as a high-velocity explosive used as a primer in initiating the charge. It is high-speed, very sensitive, and used in small amounts. PDTN is not readily available to the public. McVeigh had it on his shirt, by the way. So the bomb is uh, first detonated with PDTN as, uh, as, a, mm -hmm. uh, as the chemical that blasts it. And then uh, seconds later, and by the way, that lifts a chemical cloud into the air. And then seconds later, the second bomb is detonated with PETN. Now, PETN is uh, higher in velocity than PDTN. It is uh, standard and readily available to the public. But as <coughs> PDTN and PETN were both used in the bomb and both have been found on McVeigh's clothing. Now, I've talked to a munitions expert <clears throat> who said, in no way did a bunch of local yokels put this thing together. That bomb sheared off concrete straight up. And uh, the ammonium nitrate bombs, according to, to him, was is used by the government to, uh, like, knock holes into the ground so that they can uh, knock out a bridge or something of, of that nature. And uh, if we take a look at uh, TNT, it has a, a, a velocity of about 24, 2,500 feet per second. This thing, you say, has a, a, a dual explosive device, which would, in fact, shear off this, yes. uh, this building. <clears throat> and I've been in, in contact with somebody that's on the scene, by the way, and involved in the investigation. And just let me tell you what this person has told me. Uh, he said he's involved in the investigation. He stated the Oklahoma City bombing on April the 19th, 1995, was with a dual charge. Now, he's there. Mm -hmm. uh, had it been ammonia nitrate or the fertilizer bomb, 
there would have been nitric acid clouds, and none of the workers would have been allowed in the area with without breathing apparatus on. He advised that John Doe II was vaporized by design. McVeigh is also a throwaway. He stated that the debris field was collapsed toward the crater. There was something inside the building, probably another bomb, which would account for the massive destruction. Well, wait, they, they said that there was two bombs, mm-hmm. that they had discovered two bombs, and we haven't heard anything about that. Well, then, well, there, was, there were two detonations, and then they found another bomb on the third or fourth floor. The first day, we didn't hear any more about that. Well, if they found another bomb and we haven't found any, heard anything about it, that means that uh, whoever did this was working from the inside rather than simply driving up in some rider truck or a pickup truck or something of this nature. I think there's a good possibility that the truck was used as a decoy and the actual damage was done by bombs planted on by the bomb on the inside and the other bomb on the inside did not go off and uh, if that had gone off it probably would have leveled the whole building. But um, he also said that, uh, that it was a drop and shear charge and the investigators have looked for signs of ammonia nitrate on the pillars and the posts and in the debris, they have not found any. He stated that I am, quote, 100% in, quote, correct in my deductions and in my investigative efforts. Now, his position is what? He's at the scene. He's working on the case. He's working on the case at the scene. He's a criminal investigator. And he's a criminal investigator, and he says that? He says that it was a two-detonation bomb. And he furthermore says it was was not a, a fertilizer bomb. It was not a fertilizer bomb that took the, 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 the building out, but yet it could have been a mm. fertilizer bomb out front as a decoy. Well, I think that it was, uh, it was uh, no, it wasn't a fertilizer. It was a barometric bomb out in front and inside is what I think. Uh, the people at the scene, they're supposed to have experts there. They would know this, mm-hmm. but they're, not, they're releasing this fertilizer bomb theory. I think the reason they're releasing the, the, the fertilizer bomb theory is because it's very obvious McVeigh at all, John Doe too, would not have access to a bomb with this technicality. Now, all, all the while this is going on, the dollar is hitting new lows. It's collapsing even against the Mexican peso. And, by the way, if you believe that uh, the Mexican government, probably the most corrupt government in the place uh, of the planet Earth, is going to pay back a single solitary cent that Clinton loaned them, uh, you'd probably have to believe that the John Birch Society is going to make uh, Mike Tyson their next poster boy. Uh, this is outrageous uh, behavior on the president uh, of the United States. I mean, it's uh, it boggles the human brain. Uh, you say this individual worked and is working, is working, is working currently the yes. on the scene. Right. And you have known him uh, from in the past when you were in the uh, FBI. Uh, no. Oh, you've known him. No, no. Since he came then? forward as a result of one of my radio broadcasts. What do you have to say to the, the public of the United States? What do you think that we can do other than simply exposing this? Should we not take this tape and bootleg it, make copies of it, and uh, get it uh, to the world press? Of course. But I don't know that the world press would do anything with it. However, uh, there was one of the radio shows I was on out of Montana. I've been on about 15 shows in the last 10 days, by the way. And uh, the uh, host called me back the next day and said that uh, the, the demand for the tapes on that show are un unprecedented. He's never had demands like that before. In fact, host after host have told me that. They've called me back and said, I've never seen had a show like this in my whole career. People have been on the air for 25 and 30 years. And in fact, in the Montana case, one individual, a businessman in Colorado, ordered 200 tapes to, to hand out to his friends. Well, if we reach the people, if you reach the people who reach the people, 
uh, and at the uh, end of the show, you're going to see at the bottom of the screen how you can get uh, tapes of uh, Ted Gunderson and myself uh, on uh, KDNO. We did a, a broadcast out of Delano in Central California. We're going to be uh, doing more broadcasts around the country. If you get the tapes and you send it out to, let's say, the administrative assistant of a congressman, the administrative assistants will play the tapes. I don't believe the congressmen are going to open even open the package. They rarely ever see them. But if you reach the people who reach the people, the talk show hosts, the uh, alternate media in this country and throughout the world, we can and will make a change. Now, um, if it is exposed that the president or the CIA or his agents did in fact pull this thing off, do you believe that any of these magazines like Time and U.S. News and World Report will give it any play or publicity? Because they have absolutely crucified the militia, just like the uh, like Caesar cru uh, crucified the Christians in the, in the Roman Colosseum. No, Kawhi, they haven't reported the two detonations. They haven't reported the fact that it's illogical that the fertilizer bomb was used. Have you seen one real bomb expert interviewed by any of the major news media? None. 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 Zero. None. You know why? Because the real bomb experts will tell you what I'm telling you, that this does not exist. You know, there's another point that I'd like to make, and that is that, that uh, you know, they're, they're uh, encouraging and asking that new legislation be passed, anti-terrorist mm -hmm. legislation. I have with me the guidelines uh, of the... Uh, uh, current guidelines of the FBI in investigating terrorist acts. These guidelines are more than adequate to investigate what we have, uh, any potential acts in the future. Will you say that right into the camera? Yeah, these, these guidelines, these guidelines here are more than adequate to investigate any terrorist group, uh, domestic or foreign, that comes into the United States. There's no question about it. I've reviewed them. I haven't had an opportunity to review these in 15 years. I reviewed them just the other day. They just would work perfectly. There's no problem with it. There's no reason for any new legislation. President Clinton is calling on the Senate to pass tough anti-terrorism legislation. Lawmakers were expected to vote on the issue after the Memorial Day recess. Mr. Clinton is appealing to them not to delete three provisions some senators oppose. They include broader federal wiretapping authority, chemical tags for explosives, and the involvement of the military in certain cases. I noticed that Buck Ravel, who was uh, working with Ali North at one time on the Iran-Contra, mm -hmm. uh, he was liaison with uh, Ali North, is lobbying for new terrorist le legislation. Buck was number two man in the FBI at one time mm -hmm. and uh, was uh, subsequently an agent in charge in Dallas and has since retired, retired last October. As a matter of fact, I was invited to his uh, retirement party. Buck worked for me in Philadelphia when I was number two man in the Philadelphia division. But uh, Buck is lobbying for more anti-terrorism legislation. Well, they're talking about a police state. So Buck is lobbying for a police state. Mm, so I would have to say so, yes. Mm. If we were to have the transference of power from the people to the president, would there be anything significantly different today than what occurred uh, under the, the, the Third Reich in Nazi Germany. No, Would there be any significant difference? No, I, yeah, we're going into a fascist state. I don't, you know, the way things are going, the legislation that's been introduced, as I said earlier, House Rule 666, 
omnibus crime bill where they can indiscriminately uh, conduct wiretaps of whole neighborhoods. Uh, look back at, at the history and look at the last uh, 10 years, what's that? We mentioned earlier, BCCI, Iran-Contra. Uh, look at the savings and loan fiasco. Look at all the people that lost thousands of dollars over that. I think that one of their goals, of course, is power and, and, and greed. One of their goals also is to establish a two-class society, the ultimate rich, and maybe 1%, and the rest of us all poor, and slaves. Well, they're collapsing the U.S. dollar. The stock market is making new highs. They're giving most favored nation status to the communists who have some 7,668 death camps at my last count, some 23 million incarcerated for slave labor. Uh, there's an attrition rate of five or uh, 25%. That's... 5,750,000 people die annually in those death camps. And it's, it's rumored that some of those people don't always have a nice day. And they make those little toys and little things that you get for your family and your kids at Christmas. It is insane to support the communist regime that out-Hitlered Hitler at the height of his hysteria just because the president and these political pimps and prostitutes along the Potomac suggest that you do it. And the GATT Treaty allows for them to import slave and child labor product. That's right. That's what GATT does. The GATT trap is just exactly that. It is treasonous, and it forces all children being born into this uni these United States to have a mark, an identification. And you talked about... Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, Lee Harvey McVeigh, uh, and his being implanted, I have here one of the little transponders, and this is uh, this little baby here has been injected into U.S. military. It has been used by the military. I was lecturing at the Wyoli uh, Tea Room in uh, uh, Honolulu, and I was shaking this thing and saying, "This is coming." I look out there, and the guy says, no, it's not coming. You're wrong. I said, excuse me, I've got the needle, I've got the injector. Uh, this is the transponder that's being used for all the pets leaving the pound in Los Angeles. Uh, this is the Hughes Advanced Traffic Monitoring System, a, uh, the new VIN number that are going to put into the car so they can ID those via scanners going down the highway and give you a ticket. And this is being going to be put into, into people. He says, no, it's not going to be it is used now and he told me the story uh, where he had dug one of these out of the shoulder of one of his friends in honolulu this is being used now mcveigh is complaining of, of this being used in, in, in his buttocks in his buttocks yeah. and in, if we go to, to guantanamo right they are now using these and this is the equivalent of a slave bracelet on the blacks and browns that leave Cuba and then are brought back and incarcerated. And they simply put one of, they rivet these things to their wrist and for the children. And we'll show you a picture of that. Uh, have them riveted around their ankles. It would be almost like having a slave bracelet wrapped around your neck. Uh the citizenry will literally be unchanged. And, of course, uh, I think it was Hitler who was suggesting that all children have a mandatory vaccination at birth. This is, uh, this is criminal. In Dr. Anthony Sutton's book, 
Wall Street and the Rise of Hitler. He fully documents that Adolf Hitler was financed from Wall Street and Washington. This was done so as to create an enemy. An enemy that we could oppose, an enemy that we could defeat in order to bring about a new world order. And the propaganda that, that, that came forth uh, under Hitler is like the propaganda we're having today. The same people that backed Hitler are backing Clinton. It's the same game. It's the same scenario. Uh, do you see a similar... Uh, I mean, uh, really, I'm talking about an exacting similarity between what happened in Nazi Germany in 1933 and what's happening in the United States of America in 1995. What's taking place today... I would say parallels, without any question, what happened in Nazi Germany in the 30s. There's no question about it. Uh, the incident w was created, anti-terrorism legislation, greater restrictions on our freedom and liberty, eliminating uh, some of the rights under the Constitution. It's right down the line. Take the guns away from us, the whole nine yards. Well, in 1935, I think Adolf Hitler registered guns. 1936, he registered Jews. Uh, but yet, the ADL... Uh, seems to be coming out and putting out misinformation and disinformation. Uh, the government says that it can't release any information, but yet they are sifting it out through the ADL, are they not? Well, the, what's happened here is Clinton came out, uh, didn't make a public announcement for, what, five to seven hours? Uh, he should have, and, and he was in a meeting with uh, the ambassador from Turkey, I believe, or the prime minister yes, from uh -huh. Turkey at the time. He should have immediately dismissed that and, and gone on the air, I think, and, and showed some real concern and care for the situation. But he said, don't jump to conclusions, uh, we, but we cannot release any information because you have to worry about preserving the evidence, right? So in the meantime, we're supposed to do that, and the, the government's not releasing any information. Yet, somebody in the ADL has access to McVeigh because the ADL is releasing information to the effect that McVeigh had a business card on him from Spotlight, which is one of the publications out of Washington, D.C. <laughs> you know, it's like saying, well, uh, uh, O.J., when he was uh, uh, involved in this crime, uh, had a copy of the L.A. Times. Of course, the L.A. Times would be guilty, right? I mean, they must have inspired uh, O.J., and we've gone from the O.J. to the O.K. Uh, incident. The media is simply gobbling this all up. The, the, the mass media certainly has not convicted O.J., then how could they possibly go out and convict uh, Lee Harvey McVeigh? I mean, does this make sense to you? I mean, the people that are being convicted, the groups that are being convicted, are those who are opposing the government. This is so obviously, so obviously. Being targeted, uh, certainly. targeted. Yes, yeah, Spotlight is a thorn in the side of the Clinton administration because they tell it like it is. It's a magazine out of Washington, D.C. It's a weekly, by the way. And by the way, I'm on the front cover as a result of some of the work that I've done this week. Uh, they've targeted the militants. They've targeted the radio talk shows. And they're, they're targeting uh, the black Muslims. I, I saw the Savior's Day speech by uh, uh, Farrakhan. And about a, uh, an hour and 40 minutes into it, uh, I looked up and I said, my God, he's got the message. And I think that there isn't an alliance between the patriots and the black Muslims. There certainly uh, ought to be. Uh, because we're talking about uh, the same oligarchy of evil that's uh, uh, doing it to, you know, causing them problems and causing us problems. Uh, it all comes together.
And there's a great awakening uh, that's, uh, that's, that's happened as a result of, of Farrakhan's teachings, and I'm very happy about that and uh, uh, openly seek some sort of alliance uh, because uh, this is not a confrontation between white and black developing in this country. Uh, this is a confrontation between those who would surrender the United States of America to a global government and those who would prevent us from being surrendered to a global government. You have uh, this uh, statement, and it's, it's important. Uh, well, I, I, I think that just about covers me as far as, uh, you know, the, uh, well, something else is kind of interesting. Yes. Uh, I don't know if I covered it earlier or not, but uh, they, the FBI uh, called me and interviewed me. And uh, I put this fax out about the de double detonation mm -hmm. and about the uh, you know, barometric bomb and so forth on the 26th of April. And two days later, the 28th, I received a phone call from an FBI agent, and he wanted to know if, I should, if, I sh if, uh, if he should distribute this to other field officers around the country. And actually, uh, he just wanted to know mm -hmm. what my address was and so forth, and it was very obvious to me. Uh, but... Uh, I have information about other information about the sensitive information about like a child kidnapping ring in the Midwest where they were taking children out of private schools in Omaha, driving them in private vans to Sioux City, Iowa, flying them to Washington, D.C. for sex orgy parties with congressmen and senators. Now, that's important. I'll tell you why. Because then they, they blackmail and compromise the congressmen and senators, and they tell them how to vote. So that's part of the plot. That, that fits in real well. Now, we have talked to, with a, uh, an individual who is a former sleeper agent uh, in Operation Monarch. And that individual has stated that uh, they saw McVeigh. They saw McVeigh, and McVeigh was part of this program. Uh, have you talked to that individual? No, I have not. I tried to contact that person, and uh, I've not received a return call. They're probably like me. I'm receiving uh, 60 phone calls a day for 10 days. I'm looking at 600 phone calls I have to eventually answer. I probably won't be able to get around to answer to all of them. But the point is, this is not uh, uh, something that just occurred. This has been planned over a period of years and years and years. I mean, it's designed to compromise these congressmen and senators with 10, 11, 12-year-old boys and girls, because then they got them in their hip pocket. This is all very well planned and very well organized. Now, to keep this ball rolling, would not the government uh, or those who control the government, the evilarchy, the cashists, uh, the financial fascists that control this country, uh, try to provoke or create an incident between the militia and agents of the government in order to slam dunk this leftislation? and shove us into the New World Order. Well, what I'm worried about is another uh, bombing, which would just be about all we need for Congress to go ahead and act and, and pass some anti-terrorism legislation. And today is, uh, what is it, the uh, 8th and 9th of... Uh, May the 9th. May the 9th. Uh, could you be facing another terrorist uh, event, another American Holocaust committed by the president or his political cronies within the next week, month, year. You need to demand an investigation. You, meet, you need to reach out and touch. You need to start thinking. And you need to stop subscribing to Life and Time and Newsweek and start watching those individuals like Ted Gunderson who's telling the truth.
I want to thank you for watching Impact. The ball is in your court. The rest is up to you. Well, that is it, folks. I, I hope that you enjoyed what you heard, and I pray and hope that you share this podcast. Share what you just heard to everyone you know. We need to spread the word, spread the truth, get it out there, and wake people up. We all have a calling in this life. We all have a job to do. This is the only way we're going to beat this thing. God bless you. God keep you. And may God protect you. Thank you for tuning in. God bless.